Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoyed the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Call, the podcast in which we talk about topics that help churches and ministries protect what God has called them to lead. I'm Marielle, and today we have Pastor Stephen Chandler joining us from Destiny Church. Pastor Stephen, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. It is an honor, and I'm just grateful for you and Start Church and all that you guys have done for us over this journey. It's been great. Well, it's just been such an honor to see how God has been using your church and um, just taking you guys to uh, the next level. And so today on the podcast, we just wanted to hear more about your journey of, of growing Destiny Church. Um, so tell us a little bit about who you are um, and the journey of, of, of Destiny Church. Yeah, well, I pastor Destiny Church. It's in Columbia, Maryland. I like to say we're halfway between Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, Maryland, kind of that mid-Maryland area. If you've ever flown into Maryland and the BWI, we're about 15 minutes away from the airport. Um, the church actually just turned nine years old this year. Um, so we, we, we've been at it for a little bit of time. I know it's not the oldest church, but it's definitely not the youngest. Um, I grew up as a pastor's kid. My dad pastored um, longer than I've been alive, and I actually... You know, I wanted to do anything but be a pastor, <laughs> kind of seeing that. My idea was to go have my own business, make a lot of money, get to the kingdom. And, and that was going to be my deal. And, and God just had a different plan. I had a radical encounter with God right before I went to college. And from that moment on, just wanted to give my life to helping other people encounter God and then really discover the purpose that he had for them. Fast forward, I am uh, the youth pastor uh, at my dad's church. I was a smaller church right outside of Baltimore and um, was kind of just looking for what my next step was. I just kind of sensed that the season at that church um, had kind of come to an end. I kind of was building up my courage to talk to my dad and to tell him I was heading out of town. And uh, I finally built the courage, sat down and talked with him. And he said, hey, Stephen, I have something to say first. And I wasn't the most humble uh, 23-year-old at this time, but uh, it was probably one of the few great decisions I made in my life by letting my dad talk first. And he said, you know, I just really feel like God's called us to relaunch this church. And I don't feel like I, I'm the one to take it to the next season. My mom had been battling cancer uh, at that time. And he really just felt the need to step away and, and to take care of her. And the conversation became, how do you feel about taking over the church? Um, so long story short, they presented it to the board. It was approved and I became the senior pastor of the church at that time. Uh, it was a pretty small church and uh, I knew enough to know that I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so I reached out to some friends and found out they were a part of an organization called ARC, which is the Association of Related Churches. And I reached out to them and I said, hey, I know you guys plant brand new churches, uh, but I have a church that's about the size of a launch team. And if you guys will take us on, we would love to launch it as a brand new church. Um, so we went through the art process, took us about nine months. And on September 11th, 2011, we launched as a brand new church, which at the time was Destiny Harvest Church. We have uh, since dropped the harvest, figured we'll kind of update and rebrand and all that. But 
once that day uh, and about 50 people that were praying and fasting and preparing. And on that first Sunday, uh, we had over 300 people that showed up. Uh, 27 people gave their life to Christ. And uh, it was amazing. My favorite part of the story is from we had 331 people on the first day. And uh, I love to say through my expert leadership, I was able to grow the church over the next eight weeks from 331 people to 70 people uh, the week after Easter Sunday. I was like, man, this is a Gideon revival. And if we keep at this pace, this is going to be the fastest church close in the history of America. Uh, obviously, there there was some things that I was doing wrong. I also didn't really realize that whatever you have on the first day is not normally what you're going to keep as you have family, friends, and well-wishers and all that. But come January, we leveled off at 150 people and um, really kind of just started growing and, and going from there. So that's pretty much the start. Wow, that's such an incredible journey with so many different twists and turns. <laughs> um, it's like a saga. <laughs> it is. And it's just amazing to see, you know, how God just was weaving your story together and just bringing you into into the destiny he had for you as well, just to step into your legacy, to carry on just um, your own calling through that church that began with your family. Um, so let's just talk a little bit more about your journey of growing your church plant. So you've recently had the honor of receiving... Um, just recognition for being the number one fastest growing church in America. So first of all, congratulations. That's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. So could you speak uh, a little about that? How, how did you come to this place? Um, do you have any, uh, just even if you want to share maybe some things that you saw the Lord do to grow your church plant, um, just even some practical tips. What did that journey look like for you? Yeah. Definitely. I think growth looks so different um, for so many different churches and so many different regions. Um, you'll have, you know, friends of mine that, you know, sounds like they feels like they've been pastoring for 15 minutes and their church is, you know, a million people walking through the door. You know, other people may be pastoring for, for a decade or two decades and it seems to still be more gradual. So God really writes the story. I think for us, you know, you have the phrase overnight success, 10 years in the making. Um, so we, we may have been deemed the fastest growing church this year or over the last two years, but it was a it was a slow process. Probably about the first six years of the church, um, the church it did grow, it grew by about 100 people every year, but we I could not get it to grow faster. It didn't matter how well I preached. I couldn't get to grow slower. It didn't matter how poorly I preached. It was like, it was just going to be a hundred people every year. And, and for, for some people that may be phenomenal, that's not quite what I was dreaming of. <clears throat> and I realized that God was doing more in me than he was doing through me. And that there was some works of trusting him, some confidence in my calling and, and humility and all that other good stuff. Over that period of time, I, I got married. Um, my mom passed away, went through just a whole lot of life. And uh, it, it just really helped me understand that, hey, if you're faithful, if you run the play, and we, we could talk about that a little bit, but if you allow God to do a work in you, it will result in growth uh, in really every area of your life. And then it was somewhere around that year six 
where we just figured out some things and I can talk about those things that we figured out and um, the church just popped and it really, you know, doubled almost three years consecutively um, into kind of the year that we are right now. And uh, it's been a great journey, um, but it's been a journey of learning to trust God, learning, uh, learning how to learn. I think one of the thoughts was, hey, what advice would you give Uh, pastors for reaching more people, reaching their city and all that other good stuff. And I would say, man, learn from everybody you possibly can. There is always going to be a church that is larger than you, that is having a greater impact in a different season than you or whatever it may be. Even churches that are not larger than you, there's an area of genius in everyone. And if you're willing to learn And not just from churches, but from secular businesses or whatever it may be. I learned somebody out there has the solution to my problem. And uh, I just need to find out where they are, who they are, and what's the why behind what they're doing. So, yeah. There's so much wisdom there. Um, I think it says in Proverbs that there's safety and there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. And so there are a couple of things I want to touch on from what you just shared. But um, first, I just want to ask you, who has been influential in this journey that you've been on? Um, Maybe even if there's been somebody that surprised you with um, the advice that they gave you or um, wisdom that you gleaned from an unexpected source, uh, who, who would those people be for you? I think probably the greatest influence in my ministry life, uh, obviously, is my father. Uh, I grew up, um, you know, just sitting in his study on Saturday nights as he would uh, prepare his messages. And, you know, as a kid, I didn't know how to keep quiet. So he made me learn my Roman numerals uh, just to kind of have something to distract me with. Um, Other than him, Pastor Chris Hodges, who would be my pastor out of Church of the Highlands, has been just the greatest influence not just in my ministry life, but in raising my children and my marriage in every single area of my life. Um, Really of just learning to live a principled life, learning to live a life that is sold out to the call of God on your life. And uh, honestly, just consistency. I think, you know, we, we oftentimes, or at least I do, I look for quick success. I look for quick solutions. I look for how do I get through this problem as quickly as possible. And I'm finding that the quick option is not necessarily the best option or the sustainable option. Sometimes being consistent in the mundane brings kind of the major breakthrough that you're looking for. So that would be um, my greatest influence. Other than that, I'm one of the weird pastors I'm just a church stalker. I, I mean, when I go to the gym, I listen to preaching. I don't listen to music. I've listened to uh, some of the greats, uh, like Pastor Wendell Smith, uh, who's Pastor Judah Smith's father. I listen to almost every message that man preached for about eight years. Pastor Larry Stockstill, uh, Pastor Miles Monroe, Pastor uh, Robert Morris. These are just men that, I mean, I listen to 52 messages a year from them for five, six, seven years of their ministry and has really, I've learned that if you listen to a leader, whether they're preaching the word, talking in a leadership context or whatever, their heart and their DNA 
is going to leak through in everything that they do. So while I did learn great biblical truths and great doctrine and all that, I learned how their faith operates. I learned how they see the world, how they see growth, how they see impacting people's lives and advancing the kingdom of God. So those are, are a few on my hit list. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, so I, you mentioned something uh, just a little bit ago about how it took a long time to become an overnight success. <laughs> you know, the, the seasons where you're being consistent, like you're talking about, and you're just sewing faithfully and just waiting for, you know, the results <laughs> to appear. Um, so you mentioned that you started to do a couple of things um, a little bit differently that led to just uh, a little more growth in your church. So could you share or touch on a couple of those things? Definitely. So one of my best friends on the planet, his name is uh, Josh Monty, and I have to give him credit for his statement. He said, God will never send you people to neglect. So if you want to have a greater impact, if you want more souls, if you want your church to grow, you have to be in a position where you can actually properly steward those people. Um, in, in the Bible, it talks about how the ministry of Jesus was introducing people to the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, inner healing, physical healing, uh, deliverance, and evangelism. And um, what I realized was our church in certain seasons, our systems, our leadership, our capacity was maxed out in meeting the people that were currently there. And if we wanted to see more people, we would have to increase our systems to be able to manage uh, more people. So for us, we do one thing or four things. We help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. And if you're familiar with ARC, those are going to be very familiar to you. Most ARC churches have that same vision. For us, know God is our weekend services. And we realized that there had to be a level of excellence in our weekend services that was memorable. Not just the presence of God, but that is the biggest factor, but the presence of our parking team and the excellence and safety of our children's ministry and the excellence of our worship team. What a lot of uh, statisticians and people believe is that someone's gonna make a decision within the first five minutes of attending your church, whether they're gonna return or not. In the first five minutes, you don't even make it into the auditorium. The only thing you encounter is a parking lot and some type of lobby and children's experience. So we really kind of just set out to say, okay, what would be memorable? You know, at first for 300 people and then 500 people and then a thousand and just on and on and on. What would be the next level of excellence? What would be an atmosphere that we could create that was memorable? And it goes just into every aspect. How much prayer has to go in to steward 300 people versus 3,000 people? So that was the first step. The second step was our, our small groups. Do we have enough small groups? And quite frankly, do we have enough mature believers to host those small groups? And, and here's what I would say to our team. If God were to send us 500 people, are we equipped to disciple them? Let's say you have 500 people, you break them out into groups of 10, so that's 50 small groups. Do I have 50 believers 
that can lead men's groups, women's groups, marriage groups, financial groups, student groups, or whatever it may be. And let's go out and find those 50 people. Let's disciple them. Let's get our systems and our structure in place so that when God sends those 500 people, we won't waste them or lose them, but we can steward them. Do we have systems where we can help people discover the gifts and the talents that God's placed inside of them? For us, that's our membership class, which we call Growth Track which is a four-week process. For a lot of people, uh, their membership class is four months. And one of the things you're going to notice about uh, people that are new to attending church is it's hard for them to string four weeks together, more or less four months. And for us, everybody does it differently. For us, our, the goal of our membership class is not to teach people proper hermeneutics, it's not to, to teach people whether we're pre-trib, post-trib, or whatever it may be. It's to help people figure out, is this a spiritual family that I want to be a part of, and can I plug in here? And I figure if I get you plugged in, I have the next three years of your life to teach you all the Bible and doctrine. So our goal is to get people plugged in as quickly as possible. And then I find that as people come to a church, they're really asking two questions. One is, do I belong here? Does it feel like family? And that for us is where the small groups answer that question. It doesn't matter how large a church is. You're always going to have eight to 15 people that know you, that are doing life with you and all that other good stuff. But the next question that someone's asking is, am I needed here? And they may not know how to articulate that, but what they're looking for is fulfillment. People don't just want to walk in, hear an amazing worship experience, an amazing message, and go back home. They want to feel like they were a part of advancing the kingdom of God. So we were very intentional about finding a place, whether it's on a parking team or greeting at the front door or playing an instrument or standing behind a camera, where people aren't just, I, I say it this way, they're not just consumers, but they're contributors. And with that comes complexities. Because you need leaders to run the parking team or children's or production or whatever it may be. And most people are like, hey, how hard is it, is it to park cars? Well, it's not that hard. People could park without you. But they're not out there to park cars. They're just out there to make people feel welcome and greeted and all that other good stuff. And if you get a parking team that has 50, 100, 150 people on it, you're going to need a high-caliber leader that can pastor those volunteers, that can help them stay connected, help them see the vision of their team and the church and all that other good stuff. And if you don't have a high caliber volunteer over that area, you're gonna find that as soon as people get on the team, they're frustrated with the chaos or whatever it may be, they're gonna jump off the team just as quickly as they jumped on. So all of a sudden excellence doesn't just become, you know, are there typos on the screen? Or can the worship team sing? But it's now excellence in scheduling, excellence in following up, excellence in assimilating people into the church. So I, I know I'm rambling, but that's a drive-by. Of, and I'll say this last thing. It gets more complicated as the church grows. So it, it's not necessarily that you're doing new things. It's just with more people, it's more complicated. Of How do I keep track? How do I follow up? and all that other good stuff. Those are some great principles, uh, just so many good tips for just stewarding your community well. And uh, I love what you said about 
people are looking for belonging and they're looking for connection. They're looking to contribute and um, learning to steward your congregation, your community well. Uh, I can see how that's really leading to that church growth that you're seeing. Um, so kind of even going along those lines, um, we know that this year has brought so many crazy, unexpected challenges with um, the pandemic and just different issues that have been um, just arising in our nation. And so I'm just curious what what how you have approached those challenges this year as a leader. Um, and if you even want to speak to, you know, how, how it's affected your church, um, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. This has been the longest year of my life. <laughs> and it's not even over. And I'm sure everybody else is saying the same thing. This has just been, you know, you'd probably say it's been the year from hell, but I don't even know what this year has been. But um, I think God is just doing so many things in my life and in the life of of the church, the Big C Church, Um, and and just some things we did to navigate this year. I I think some major factors was just godly counsel and relationship. That as soon as, I feel like it's that fateful day when the NBA shut down. That's when it all got real. When the NBA closed, then you're like, okay, this is no joke. This is serious. And the first thing I did was get on the phone with some great pastors that God's blessed me to have a relationship with. And what are you guys doing? What are you seeing? How are you navigating this? And literally probably for the first five months of this kind of shutdown pandemic season, I was on a Zoom call with a pastor every single week, just learning and how are you communicating? And how are you guys making decisions? And what are the factors that you guys are observing? And then, okay, hey, we're all focusing now on helping people that are in need and outreach and pastoring and all that other good stuff. And and I'll, I'll say this, you can look like a genius if you steal everybody else's ideas. And uh, that's what I'm going for. I don't have to come up with all the great ideas. I just need to find out who has the great ideas and how do I contextualize them for where we are. So not having to go through this season um, by ourselves, but having other churches that we can learn from that are ahead of us was a downright life saver. Uh, um, You asked kind of how it's been for our church. I couldn't be more proud of Destiny Church. I think in the greatest challenge, uh, the church, not just our church, the church of America, the church of the world has just stepped up met people in the place of their need, of their pain. Um, And I think it's been beautiful to see our church just instantly shifted from a Sunday church to a seven day a week outreach center, food center, everything that was needed. Um, Obviously with the racial tensions that have been going on in our nation, you know, the last couple of years, but really highlighted uh, this year with some key uh, video recordings being released Um, it's just been a painful year. Um, It's been a year that America in particular has had to look at um, some ugly parts of us that we haven't necessarily wanted to look in the eye. Um, I'm a weird guy. I, uh, I think conflict, if it doesn't kill you, it deepens your relationships. So often people are terrified of conflict. They're like, man, conflict destroys relationship. Conflict doesn't destroy relationships. It really reveals what type of relationship you have. Was it a relationship at all? 
or is it a real uh, uh, God-ordained relationship? And I think through some of the pain um, that America has faced and has forced a conversation into the church, it has created some healthy conflict that I think has brought healing. I think it has brought some needed conversations. And I think at least in my life, it's brought an intimacy of relationship with other pastors and other churches that quite frankly was not there um, before this season. I think we got a long way to go. I think there's a lot more healing and uh, transformation that God is looking to do in our lives and the church. But I think this year has forced us into starting that journey. And I think the God who started this good work, he is going to see it through to completion. So, That's so encouraging to hear, Pastor. Um, I know that um, even facing uh, the issues of racism that have come up in our nation, um, leaders have been trying to find out how to address just this really terrible thing that we've been facing. And um, I'm just, it's just so encouraging to hear that the, the, good thing about this is that it's making those conversations come to the surface like what you're talking about and yeah. we can't be afraid of difficult conversations and that those conversations are what is going to lead to change and so um, thank you so much for sharing your insight and your wisdom um, I know that that's going to help a lot of our listeners <laughs> and um, so I just wanted to talk just a little bit more about your journey um, so we have a lot of different people who listen to our podcast. We have people who have been in ministry for a while, and we have people who are just starting their church. So what advice would you give to um, a, a young ch church planner who has never done anything like this before? Um, what would you encourage them with? Sometimes my encouragement sounds like a rebuke, so <laughs> hopefully it's encouraging. My encouragement would be, um, well, let me let me give encouragement and then I'll, I'll give a little bit of a blunt uh, how-to or instructive. I think 2020 has taught us this, that God is building his church. Like when we, if you had told any pastor in the world that you will have to close the doors of your church for a minimum of five months, you cannot meet in person, which has been world wide and the church would be stronger on the other side that people would love god would have community would have more of a passion for advancing the kingdom of god those pastors myself included would tell you you have lost your mind but i think what we've seen over this year of 2020 when we haven't been able to control things the way that we're used to is that god really is building his church and i really wish i had understood that in year one of destiny church instead of having to try to figure out years right uh, on. So I would say for that church planner, first of all, just refuse to carry stress and anxiety. Obviously there's a natural stress to leading people, covering their souls and all that, but really have the mindset, this is not my church, it's God's church, and he will build his church. That said, here comes a rebuke. Um, stop reinventing the wheel. I, I find some people value originality over effectiveness and jesus never said go ye therefore and be original he never said go ye therefore and make your mark on the nation 
He said, go ye therefore and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our only goal is to reach people, help them connect with Jesus and help them to maximize the destiny on their life. And I'm telling you, there are churches out there that have figured out how to run a weekend service. There's churches out there that have figured out how to make small groups effective, how to disciple people, how to assimilate people, how to run a volunteer system. And I would say go out and learn from someone who has already tested, proven it, and is effective at it instead of trying to reinvent the wheel and do everything a hundred percent originally i was talking to a guy like you know i want to do this i want to do that i want to do that i said here's what you get to do when your church is thousands of people then be original but until then pray fast and go figure out who's running a system that's effective and contextualize it for where you are so that's some great great advice um so and call start church and let them do all your legal stuff because it makes no sense trying to get that done yourself. So that's my other advice. So Pastor Stephen, we did help, you know, um, Destiny Church with a lot of the legal foundation. Can you tell us a little bit more about that process and maybe even how you um, came across Start Church? So I actually heard of Start Church um, from some friends in ARC that had worked with you guys before, and they just had raving reviews of, hey, um, it is the most comprehensive and simplest way to make sure the legal aspects of your church are in order. And, you know, I talked earlier about God won't send you people to neglect and excellence is key. Excellence is key in every single area of the ministry and your legal financial area it's probably one of the biggest keys that needs to be a solid foundation. Here's the problem with the foundation. It's not pretty. Nobody drives by a house and says, wow, look at that foundation. Man, look at the way the cement is poured. And nobody cares about a foundation unless there's a crack in that foundation. And then all of a sudden, you start caring about it a whole lot because it's about to cost you. You may have to tear the whole house down just to fix that foundation. And I think, you know, when it comes to churches, man, we're thinking about preaching and the sermon series and worship and, you know, buildings and all the other good stuff. But if the foundation has a crack in it, you will end up almost having to tear down everything that was built and just start from scratch. So I, I think for us, start church, and I'm not just saying this, uh, but it really has been a blessing for us because it's been an area um, that we have not had to think a lot about because you guys have been able to kind of equip us and, and give us the resources that we need from everything from compensation studies to 501c3 filings and board meetings and, and uh, bylaws and just run the gamut. I think we probably use every product that you guys have out there. So we're, uh, we're grateful. Well, it's such a blessing to be able to help ministries and churches like yours. And, you know, what we find and, and one of the biggest blessings that we get to see is 
pastors are called to be pastors and ministers are called to do ministry. They're not necessarily called to, you know, take care of the books or to handle legal situations. So um, it's just been such a joy for us to take on those tasks so that (laughs) pastors like you can do what God has called you to do. And you don't have to worry if you're getting everything right or, you know, covering all your bases. So um, we're just so happy to be able to serve and take care of those aspects for for churches and ministries like yours. Um, So it's just been amazing to see how God has been using Destiny Church, and and we're just so thankful for what you've been doing, that you said yes to God's call on your life, Pastor. And so um, just for before we get off the podcast, I just would love to just hear some of your thoughts. Where do you feel like just taking into account everything that's happened this year, where do you feel like God is taking His church um, as we head into the new year? What do you what do you think that it's going to look like? Oh my goodness! If I could tell you what the new year is going to look like, boy, I'd start charging. Uh, <laughs> I think after twenty twenty, everybody's like, I have no clue what things are going to look like. Here's what I do know. I know that the church shines brightest when it's darkest, that we really are a city on the hill. And I think that whether you want to call this pandemic and this year an attack of the enemy or whatever you want to call it, I do know this. It was not God's will for us and it wasn't God's intention and it wasn't God's best, which means that what is coming on the other side of this is going to be God's response to all that the world and really that the church has been through. So I just, this is just me and you can disagree with me if you want to. I think the church is getting ready to step in to one of the greatest seasons of revival that we've seen in our generation in our lifetime. I think from the political situation in our country right now, the racial tension, the health concern with this pandemic, I think, and by the way, we weren't doing okay before all this drama. This was just icing on all that was going on in the mental health space of our nation and all that. I think people are in desperate need of hope. I think people are in desperate need of joy and for purpose and vision for their life. And I truly believe that the church is the only one that has the answer that dying humanity is looking for. So I think we're getting ready to step into the greatest harvest of the greatest revival the church has seen in our generation. Now, whether that happens in March or whether that happens in 2022, I don't know because only the Lord knows what the next few months are going to look like. But I know at the end of the day, hundreds and thousands of souls are coming into the kingdom and the church is going to be stronger than it has ever been. That's If you look at history, every national or or international crisis has resulted with the church of God growing and being strengthened. Yes, I agree with you. And I'm believing the Lord to help the church, help us enter into our greatest hour ever, because now is the time, just like you were saying, when it's darkest, that's when the church, we're going to shine our brightest. And so, uh, Pastor Stephen, it's just been such a joy having you on the podcast today. And um, thank you so much for your time. Truly my honor, and thank you guys for all that you guys do. You are making it possible for the kingdom of God to advance and reach people. And on behalf of thousands of pastors that you guys work for, we are outrageously grateful. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-641. 
1-800-242-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.